Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're live. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. And have we got a show for you. The first, the breaking news, CBS is reporting, Jason Luckin for, that Mike Zimmer will be fired and that Rick Spillman will be removed from his GM position, but most likely he will be retained in the organization. More in an advisory role, just like uh, John Elway out in Denver. Question is, how much influence will Rick Spielman have on picking the new GM? And how much, and who's going to be picking the head coach? Will it be the new GM or will it be the Wilfs? It's going to get interesting. But first, we have a pregame of the meaningless Dead Men Walking Bowl. Minnesota hosts the Chicago Bears Sunday. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Dave and my good friend over here, Darren Campbell. We are the Two Old Bloggers. How are things up in the frozen north, Darren? Still frozen. Still frozen. <laughs> hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching. I know that we have a few watching, and I know Stephen's already posted his goal to everybody. Um, from down under in the prison camp that is Australia, and uh, there's Wayne. Steve, there's Stephen. Stephen. Hey, Stephen. How's Novak Djokovic doing? <laughs> and uh, hey, Mitch, how you doing? And as I said in the intro, in case you missed it. CBS is reporting, Jason Lockon Forner, Fordo, that Mike Zimmer will be fired and that Mike and that uh, Rick Spielman will be moved out of the GM position into an advisory role, most likely director of football ops, like uh, John Elway out in Denver. It's going to be interesting coming up this next week. How quickly will the Wilfs move on getting a new GM? Will that GM have influence over hiring the head coach? Or will the Wilfs hire the head coach? All is unknown except for the fact as soon as all this takes place, Minnesota becomes the number one destination for anybody in the NFL with ambition to take either of those two spots. So we do have to wait for coaches 
and certain personnel to be available once their team's eliminated from the playoffs, like I explained earlier in the week. But it will be a fascinating time. What do you think of the news there, Darren? I am... uh, It's not unexpected, but I am relieved to hear that that is what's going to be happening. I think a lot of Viking fans didn't just want to see Mike Zimmer replaced, but they also felt that if we didn't change the general manager, in which case Rick Spielman, then we were only getting half of the job done. Uh, in this case, uh, so the, the Wilfs have seen seen the light and they are making a clean sweep of head coach and front office. And really uh, w- what this will do, I think, for a lot of Vikings fans is now there's still some people who are in the Spielman and Zimmer camp and we can't mm-hmm. deny that. But oh, yeah. uh, I, with the way things have gone the last two years, and even at some points, even with the ten and six season in 2019, there were some some very frustrating moments in that one as well. Not not the least was was which was the loss, the the beatdown we took against San Francisco in that last playoff game. But there were just nothing was changing, nothing was improving. And as a as a Viking fan, as a uh, if you know, it's pretty tough if you have no hope that things are improving. To unless you're a real crazy, you don't care what state the team is in, kind of uh, purple, um, purple homer. Uh, if if you don't have hope that things are getting better, that the that you've got the right leadership in place at the general manager and at the ho- head coaching position, then it's pretty tough to really even watch the team. Uh, you're kind of like, are you any different than Jacksonville in that case? <laughs> and what this really does is, I think, is brings in uh, brings hope to the Vikings fan base and it well I think it's going to put a lot of the players who are going to remain with the team on notice that uh, the same old thing is not uh, there's changes happening and it could also mean change in their job positions and or in their job status even if they stay in Minnesota like maybe you're not the starter anymore maybe you're the backup uh, and that sort of thing so it's going to create some enthusiasm some energy some hope for the fan base, but also hopefully for the team, which at times this year saw the team overall, uh, there was a very gloomy feeling about them much of the year. Um, you couldn't really tell if they, how enthusiastic, how juiced up they were. Uh, the play on the field showed that a lot of times. And also a new GM and a new head coach, as you were talking about, uh, Dave, uh, they may want to put their stamp on the quarterback position. And that is the third part of this triad yes tri- triad that has to be dealt with and dealt with as soon as possible i agree and drew you are 100 percent correct 73 59 and one is not good enough however i thought there was two ties in there but maybe just one it is not and by doing this the wilfs set a marker set a bar of what needs to be beaten and i like that fact. Now, one one thing, uh, Dave, I want to add though, when you're talking about that, uh, this the Minnesota job, both general manager and head coach, would be uh, you you think would be the number one landing spot for most head coach and general manager candidates. The one thing I think that might not make it as attractive as we might think is the Viking salary cap 
situation, which is pretty damn poor. Now, there's a lot of stuff, player movement that can go on, like getting rid of Anthony Barr, or if you extend Cousins or get rid of him, that could change a lot of the salary cap situation. But as of right now, I think the Vikings are scheduled to be $11 million, uh, to the, the, the bad over the cap, which doesn't, doesn't give them a lot of all the free agents that leave. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. So uh, generally, the Vikings, especially with Bra, thankfully Rob Brzezinski, Brzezinski doesn't Brzezinski. seem to be going anywhere, and and he always does a great job of uh, manipulating the cap one way or the other to get the Vikings at least in a position where they can get some players. Uh, if he, with him sticking around, I have hope that uh, that uh, the Viking salary cap situation will be measurably better in three months' time than it is right now. I think so too, and I wouldn't. If I was a candidate, I wouldn't look at the salary cap situation as a long-term problem. Because if I was a candidate, one why it's so attractive to come to Minnesota is you've got ownership that always backs up what the team wants to do. They have not failed to do that over their entire time of owning the team. So that's true. a good spot to be in. You also have ownership that has exhibited loyalty. Obviously, some of us think that was for too long, but they have yeah. done that. So that is something desirable. If you want to go to someplace new to work, you want to know that they'll stick by you for a long time. And uh, they also expect that either both – both the GM and head coach expect minimum like three years to rebuild. So next year can be, all right, we'll deal with all the stuff we got to clean up and and start to rebuild at the same time. And then we'll work on that building up for two or three years. And then you, you know, can basically evaluate us then how we did. So that and the fact that we've got the best stadium in the league, we have the best uh, workout facility and, you know, training facility in the league. Our headquarters are awesome. It's it's a plum job. The only thing that sucks about Minnesota is the taxes. But that could be compensated for. You know, they offer them, hey, you could be a GM over here and make $5 million a year, or you can come to Minnesota and we'll sweeten the pot and make it $7.5 million. To cover the extra taxes. Hey, going to Minnesota. Yay. Yeah, um, the roster is also far from barren, despite right. the fact and that we'll either, we'll either end up with an 8 or 9 record or a 7 and 10 record this year. So well, especially for, for, on the offensive side, which is where football is going. You've got to have those offensive weapons. So it's going to be interesting. But let's head into the Dead Man Walking Bowl. The name I got from Ted Glover when we were talking the on Ted the phone. Stirred. He was uh, talking about how, you know, both coaches look to be fired after this, probably both GMs, and it's the dead man walking bowl. So there it is. Let's go into looking at Minnesota versus Chicago. Okay, you can switch screens. There we go. All right. <laughs> just being slow like uh, some running backs I know um <laughs> here we go we'll start out we'll go quick because nothing 
a whole lot in the way of the stat side of things has changed since or matters or matters, <laughs> you know, um, since we played before. So we're going to burn through those quickly. We always start with the offense versus the defense. Offense went up a click for PFF. They rate us 11th. Uh, they rate us differently on defense. And however, our total overall score is less than both of those. Um, football outsiders. Uh, oh, he needs game of school picks. Uh, football yeah. outsiders has us at 17th, staying the same. Pass dropped one to 11th. Run stayed the same at 27th. Elias, we're at 13th in yards, 11 passing, 15 rushing, 14 points, 27th on sacks, taking sacks, and uh, 27 total taken sacks, and uh, third in giveaways. Defense for the Bears has pretty much stayed the same. They're around 19th. Overall, the DVOA, they're 13th. They're 10th against the pass, 23rd against the run. And uh, the run we highlighted the last time we played is where we're going to make our money. I expect a big day from Dalvin Cook. Elias has them fifth in yards, third in passing, 24th in rushing, 20th in points. They are third now in sacks. They have moved above us. They're now at 46, and they are 24. That's what happens. That's what happens when you go two games without getting a sack. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of sacks and how our defense is doing, uh, find my spot here. Boom. Here we go. Our defense is 18th. And if you're wondering why I'm reading these when people watching can see them, it's for the podcast purposes because nobody can see the slides <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, our defense is 18th per PFF. And like I said, overall PFF has us at 21st. Football Outsiders DVOA has a 17th and going down, 16th against the pass, 25th against the run. Actually, the run number went up. That's what Pierce and Tomlinson playing together do make a difference. It's just not enough. Uh, Elias, 31, 31st in yards, 26th in passing, 27th in rushing, 25th in points. That's not good. It's been a bad defense. <laughs> uh, however, we're 6th in sacks with 44. We dropped out of that first place a few weeks ago. Haven't got anything going since. We are 13th in takeaways with 22. Bears offense is 19th overall per PFF. 25th for football outsiders. 27th in the pass, 22nd in the run. They stink. Basically, they are 28th in yards, 32nd passing, 11th rushing. They can rush the ball. 26 in points. They've given away 51 sacks. That's amazing. And uh, they've given away the ball 27 times. All right, Nick, would you guys be okay if this was a minivan? Man, I don't know who minivan purple. Minivan who? man, is he talking about John Mannion? Or are you talking about uh, Kirk Michael Pierce? In his, in his uh, oh, cousins, cousins. Yeah, that's minivan not a minivan. That, that's a full that, blown, full size van. No, I'm, Nick, I'd be happy with that. Special teams. 
Vikings bumped up a little bit. We're 13th. And, however, Chicago is up now to 7th. This is the last time we have for Kene Nwangu to try to get that third run back of the season. We've all hoped it happens maybe on Sunday. It's going to happen. All right, here we go with the injury report. As of this morning when I checked, Michael Pierce is doubtful. Uh, Not going to play. Yeah, I doubt it. There was a, in Zimmer's press conference, he repeated it's doubtful. You have Chris Boyd, Wyatt Davis, and Mackenzie Alexander are all questionable. I don't see Wyatt Davis even making the active roster, so why bother? Um, Bearside, Akeem Hicks, which is the good news, is out. And Robert Quinn, questionable. Eddie Goldman, questionable. I hope both of those turned out. And then Duke Shelley, who I haven't a clue who is. Um, Wang Chung has a hemi issue. Yes, he does. Um, hopefully, um, he wasn't on the report this morning other than that he's a go. So. He looked fine against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. His first kickoff return was good. Now we get to the wonderful new slide for this year, the COVID IR list. All right. Here you can see the Vikings, and this is as of this morning. I don't know if it's been updated since. Everybody that's on COVID. On the Vikings side, I have the bottom four in yellow. Cameron Bynum, Ezra Cleveland, Christian Derrissaw, and Eric Kendricks. Because of when they went on IR, they can be testing negative as of today and make the game. That's why they are in yellow. We won't find out till tomorrow, most likely, if they've cleared the protocols. they got to get two negative tests. On the other side, you have the Bears. Uh, Charles Snowden, linebacker, is a nobody. And unless he's talking to his mother, then I'm sure he's a nice guy. And Justin Fields, we all know, they went on COVID just recently, a couple days ago. They will not be available to play. So once again, with Justin Fields out, we get Andy. The, the Red, Red Rockets. Stepchild will be quarterbacking against your Minnesota Vikings. Dave, I don't know what oh. we're going to do without Chris Chris Herndon. I know. Being, uh, being able I, to play. What a waste of That's gonna panic. really going to ham, hamstring the offense. Yes. Another panic trade. Everybody. Oh, Drew's saying Derisaw and Cleveland have already been cleared. That's great news. GMAC, I'm how are disappointed. you? I GMAC, to, I if you're just Blake joining Randall us, play. you missed the best news of the day. It's being reported, and I'll repeat this because it is good news, Mike Zimmer's being fired, and Rick Spielman is being removed from his position at GM. In other reported news... Zimmer's hot girlfriend just dumped him. <laughs> no. Ah, it, I was talking with the guys last night. If I was Zimmer, I'd retire, retire. I was talking to Ted last night. I'd retire to the ranch, collect my $15 million for the next two years, and watch my hot girlfriend run around naked. And uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, these guys, 
I don't know. These guys don't seem to be uh, interested in doing that very often. Uh, they are uh, always seem to want to get back into the game. Uh, well, their mental anyway. makeup is. And we'll get into part of that mental makeup stuff. But, yes, they want to work and they want to be part of football. This gets us into our first topic of the day. Starters playing. Go ahead, Darren. Yes. Starters playing. Uh, Mike Zimmer has made it clear that uh, that he will, uh, if any starter who's healthy, will be playing in this game. Don't know if that means for a quarter, a whole half, uh, the, whole the full game. game, the whole game, three quarters. Um, but um, that's an important topic because uh, even more so now that we know, at least if we're going to uh, believe Jason Lacanfora, that Zimmer is de- is uh, going to be retired, uh, or not retired, but fired the moment the, the, the final whistle goes off tomorrow, then uh, really it doesn't seem like a great situation to have a guy who's um, a lame duck going to get fired to be making roster decisions on, on game day, with, particularly with a lot of valuable assets. But uh, you know, the, the things to consider here is that, okay, let's face it, uh, NFL players are paid a lot of money to play if they're healthy. So that's one thing, and they probably want to play if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has to be taken into consideration. Um, the other thing that – the point that I was going to make, which is now doesn't apply if we're to believe the reports about Zimmer being fired, is that uh, head coaches are paid to win football games. And it's harder to do that when you don't play your best players, regardless of what the see, where the season's at. Are you making the playoffs or you're not making the playoffs? And uh, I also, if Zimmer's job situation was still up in the air, if he didn't know, he might think that a good showing here with his starters, a win, they play really well, they play hard for him, even though it's been a tough season, that that may have been a decision that would, something to tip the the scales, excuse me, tip the scales in his favor to keep his job in Minnesota. It also, even if that isn't the case, uh, the the team playing well uh, for him um, will help him in whatever job search he's doing uh, after the Post season is over. This, yeah, yeah. I guess the, the other thing the other thing is is that uh, fans you and you and I pay a uh, who go to games pay a, a lot of money to see the best product out there on the field. And uh, if you know you you pay a thousand bucks for good seats to a Vikings game, uh, you don't want to go out there and see that instead of Kirk Cousins at quarterback, then Dalvin Cook at running back and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. You've got Sean Mannion, uh, Kenny Wongu, and Dede Westbrook running out there. Well, you've been ripped off mm-hmm. badly. Imagine going to a rock concert. You're going to see Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And instead, you get as soon as you get to the, the, the show, the announcer says, yeah, the uh, – High school marching band and uh, <laughs> and this uh, and um, and we're going to do karaoke as well. Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd are not showing up. That's kind of what it, it's like when you're going to watch a game to see the stars and you end up seeing third stringers or backups. So those things all, I guess, probably play a role in this. But as a fan looking at next year for um, for the 2020 22 Vikings and being concerned about what that how that team is going to do because this season is lost it's really worrying for me to to see that in a meaningless game in a game that is not it doesn't mean anything for anybody that valuable assets like Justin Jefferson like Dalvin Cook like Harrison Smith like Kirk Cousins 
could be playing and could be risking injury. Imagine if Justin Jefferson has like a catastrophic knee injury in tomorrow's game in like the second quarter and you need him to be successful in 2022. I think he's going to be a huge part of your offense, no matter who is the head coach. And what if he ends up having such a serious knee injury that he doesn't play a game like David Bakhtieri has not played this year for the Green Bay Packers? That would be huge for next year. And right now, next year is all I give a fuck about. It's all any Viking fans gives a fuck about. And you don't, it's, it's really risky to have see valuable assets going into this game, especially because the bears have been playing hard for Nagy, even though he's dead man walking too. Um, so they're not going to be going out there saying, Oh, lay when the Vikings get the ball, uh, they're going to be tackling hard. They're going to be trying to kill Kirk cousins when he drops back to pass. They're going to be doing everything I think they can to win the game. And so just very risky for me and very scary to think that we've got some guys uh, like Justin Jefferson who are risking serious injury in a game that doesn't mean anything. Um, Yeah, but Justin Jefferson said this week he wants to play. He wants – Oh, yes. He's going after records, and he wants to break those. And And I prefaced this before when we talked about Zim looking for a job, the mental makeup of these players, I mean, they get up at the wee dark hours in the off season to go work out and do their stuff and get better and get better. And they've been competitors since they were probably, you know, eight years old or earlier to try to always be the best. And they love going out there and experiencing, experiencing, you know, being the best now, however, like GMAC, Read my write-up. Another name for this game is also the game of business decisions. All right, we've already seen the ones made by the Wilfs. Well, we're being reported made by the Wilfs. There's also the business decisions made by Mike Zimmer to play folks. There are business decisions made on the field of... Do I make that hit or do I pull up? You know, but generally, if you're playing 100%, you're less likely to get injured rather than if you're playing half heartedly. So hopefully, they play 100%, but we may see business decisions made by players tomorrow. And it will be interesting to see because I think that is a character tell to that said player if they do make those types of decisions and we'll find out just cross your fingers folks cross your fingers folks every time uh justin jefferson makes a sudden move out there and let's let's hope he catches the ball he's going to to the sidelines a lot (laughs) (laughs) you wanted to talk about kellen mon Kellamond, yes. Third round draft pick, inactive for just about every game until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and some people think that he is the future starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, as we saw during the preseason, Kellamond has a long, long, long way to go to be an NFL quarterback uh, and a capable starting quarterback. Uh, he didn't look very good in the preseason. And uh, He got one series against Green Bay last week and uh, almost threw a pick six, uh, which uh, so, um, you know, I I think if if, uh, 
still fans want to see Kellen Mond. They see is they feel he could be the future, or some of them believe that he is the future. Uh, they want to, or they want to find out if he looks like he he has a chance to be the future. We have not found that that out this year. Um, the Vikings not playing him most of the time are not activating him on game day and not having him as the backup quarterback and bringing Sean Mannion back indicates that they believe that he is certainly not ready to play this year. But again, this game is a game that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you've got Kirk Cousins, who's already racked up, had a great year, a viable asset, doesn't really need to be in there. Uh, you don't you don't even know if Cousins is in the team's future next season, uh, and uh, he might be with another team next year. Which in that, which case, this is a seems like a perfect opportunity to play Kellen Mond and get some idea of is he a guy who has potential to be a starter down the road. Uh, we don't know that right now. Uh, he didn't look like it in preseason, but. Even if it's only one game, the chance for Mon to work with the number one, most of the number one guys, at least for how long they're going to play, it would give you the the next head coaching staff and general manager some idea of what his strengths are, whatever his weaknesses, what does he do well, what does he not do well, what does he have to work on. I I, I know that the Vikings have staff has seen him in practice every day for several months, but there's nothing like getting into a real game, and preseason is not real game. Uh, you know, you're not working. He didn't. You don't get to work with the main guys most of the time if you're a backup like Mond. You're not working against oftentimes the top players on the defense a lot of the times. Uh, this would be an opportunity for him, for the Vikings to see him for an extended amount of time to do that. And it sounds like they're not going to do it unless they absolutely have to. I don't even know if when they take Cousins out of the game, they're probably going to put Mannion in. And I don't even know if Mon's going to be active tomorrow. But uh, by not playing time. him, I think, yeah, by not playing him, I think you're you're giving your as an organization, you're going to be left guessing next year whether Mond has the stuff. Uh, and what you could see in the Bears game could give the Vikings organization an idea. Hey, do we need to pick a draft a quarterback early in the next draft? Hey, do we need to? Who do we need to target as a backup slash starter next year? Um, because it looks like Mon needs more work than we thought. They could get data from this game to help them make those decisions, but it doesn't sound like they're going to do that. And I think that even if they were to play him in the second half for two like two quarters, I think that would be some – you get some useful data out of that, but it looks like they're not going to do it. It's going to be a full redshirt year for Mond, and he's going to go into next year. We're going to go into next year having no idea what his capabilities are and what they aren't. Well, Seems like a missed, opp- missed to opportunity a, to me. We will have a brand-new staff that will have to evaluate him anyways. So, and why should, you know, the outgoing administration help the the incoming administration? Unless maybe Spielman says, you know, hey, we need to do this because I'm going to be in the advisory role type deal. Yeah, there's, I think there's things that ownership or even Spielman, if he's going to stick with the team, could direct the coaching staff to do and maybe it's not realistic but if the coaching staff didn't agree with that they could say well mike i guess you're not coaching tomorrow <laughs> you know uh, 
Keenan McCardle is going to be the head coach. Uh, that would be a very, uh, very. Well, uh, they could do that. They, they that'd be a lot of term. That'd be a lot of fight. turmoil. Yeah, that'd be a lot of turmoil to have for the final season any game. And I can't remember when that's ever really happened. But it, it's it's an option, uh, quite drastic one perhaps. But uh, hey, uh, I don't know what you've got to lose at this point in the year. Right. Cy says trade Mod then. Now you're going to keep Mod. He's an asset on the team. And he's going to be evaluated in the offseason uh, by whoever the new head coach and offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and all that. They're going to see who they have, who who they can deal with, and who they can get they feel is better, if that's the case. And backups. I, so, yeah, I, I agree with that comment below uh, that he Mond has not had the best developmental uh, situation this season with uh, Clint Kubiak, who's – um, as an offensive coordinator, has left a lot to be desired, and it, it, it when you see the play calling and the way the offense has functioned in a lot of games this year, it does make call into question what kind of coaching these guys are getting, including Mond, who needs a lot of coaching and a lot of good coaching, and uh, maybe he's not getting it. Right, and uh, there's been the expression he was stuck in the closet and told, uh, "We'll come get you when we need you," and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, this brings us to. Some of the free agents are about to be free agents that we have on the team. You specifically targeted Barr, Woods, and Peterson. Yeah, well, there's a in a game like this at the, in the last game of a very NFL team, uh, the last game for every NFL team in a season. There's always a number of guys that you don't know if they played their last game for your team or not. Uh, and for the Vikings, there are a lot of guys who probably we will not be seeing in a purple next year, and a lot of key guys. Uh, you're looking just, and you're, some of them are in those those photos there. Mm-hmm. We had several guys take one year deals this year, uh, particularly on defense. The defense is not didn't turn out being better than last year's defense, and probably is a little worse in a lot of cases. And <clears throat> You, you, you know, I think first off, somebody like Anthony Barrow, long-serving Viking, been with the Vikings his whole career, but he's probably tomorrow's his last game for this team. Uh, very expensive guy to kick, keep around if you want to. Not an impact guy who makes many impact plays, although he had pretty three beautiful interceptions this year. But uh, <laughs> he's he's a guy who doesn't make I feel enough impact plays for the amount of money you have to you have to pay for him. Uh, and he's got, uh, it hasn't been an issue the past three or four weeks, but he's had, uh, looks like he has a chronic knee condition. You know, he's going to be 30 years old soon. Uh, not a guy who would be in the long-term plans. I think of the Vikings, especially when they got salary cap situation. So, uh, Anthony Barr is probably going to be playing his last game tomorrow as a Viking. Xavier Woods, I feel he's played been a solid guy as a uh, in the safety position last year uh, or this year, but again, a one-year deal. Vikings don't have a lot of cap space right now, and assuming that Hitman Smith is back, I feel that Cameron Bynum is going to be playing opposite him next year, and he's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot younger than Woods. And Woods is going to be looking for more than like a one-year deal for some more money with the amount he's played. The way he's played this year, I feel he will get it from somebody. It's just not going to be with the Vikings. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be goodbye, Xavier Woods. And then Patrick Peterson. Um, here's a guy. He's expressed an, uh, 
he expressed a few weeks ago that he loves Minnesota. He wants to come back. I don't know if that changes with because if Mike Zimmer is not here. Say, how much of that's tied to Mike Zimmer? You know, he, he said he came here because of Zimmer mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And if Zimmer is not here, then maybe Minnesota isn't as uh, a great a destination for him. The other thing being is that Peterson really hasn't been all that good this year. Uh, no interceptions. I would say he's been, he's been okay. Yeah. He's, been, yeah. he's not bad. But you want, better than, you want better than fair. You want better than not bad from your starter. And, uh, and again, one-year deal – uh, he may have played well enough that he can get a better offer and maybe a longer offer from somebody else uh, in the NFL. And I don't think it's going to be with the Vikings, although the Vikings do not have much depth at corner. They need to find guys to play opposite whoever is going to play next year. Right. Um, Cameron, Cameron Dancer will be there, but I, after that's that, it. Harrison. That's it. Out of that's it. all like, the corners, that's it. Harrison Harrison Hand, is, is he going to be your starter next year opposite Dantzler? Probably not. Uh, they're probably going to draft a, a guy early. but So they may decide to bring back Peterson. I would say out of between him and Mackenzie Alexander, Peterson's played better this year, but that's not saying a whole lot. Um, Sheldon Richardson, there's a guy. I think he's played pretty well this year. I'd like to see him back, but he'll be 32. Uh, again, he's played well enough, particularly out of position. He played defensive end most of the last several games. Second when half he's of the really season, a defensive, yeah. Really, when he's a defensive tackle. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they brought him back at a reasonable price to play opposite Daniil Hunter next year, assuming Hunter's back. <laughs> uh, I, and assuming the Vikings don't draft somebody early at, at edge rusher to go opposite Hunter. But, but I don't think Richardson will be back either. Um, you know, um, so there's a lot of guys, particularly on defense that probably are playing their last game for the Vikings. It's going to be a, a very different looking defense next year. Hopefully it'll also play a lot different and by different, I mean, better different. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's always uh, at the end of the year is always the last game of the season is always, I don't know, bittersweet for me and a lot of fans. Uh, when you see these guys that you've watched play for 16, now 17 games, and you like some of the things, some of them, you'd like to see them stick around, but for financial reasons or because of their age or because sometimes because they maybe didn't play as well as they need to play, they don't they don't stick around with your team and end up playing for somebody else. Um, so. Uh, but the Vikings have a lot of guys in that situation right now. They do, and it is it is the final game of our season, which means we're not going to see football until end of July at the earliest. And by that time, here within a few months, it's going to be, hey, where's my football? I want to watch football. You know, I'm used to my beer and pizza on Sunday afternoon watching the Vikings. And you can still do that, Dave. I can, well, yeah, I could watch it on tape, but yeah, true. No, my, I, I will always pizza. do the beer and pizza. Don't worry about that <laughs> going away. Um, yes, G Mac, we'd have USFL to uh, glom on to this spring. We shall see. So, won't be watching it. It's the final game. How do you think it's going to go? What's what's your score prediction? Do 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 the Vikings go out there and say, "Well, what the hell? We're opening it up and open the throttles and just absolutely floor it," or do they go out and botch it like normal? 
I think I think uh, it's probably I think it's going to be a pretty boring, <laughs> a lifeless game uh, for the Vikings and probably for the Bears too. I don't think the fans will care too much. They're probably going to get blitzed in the stands and won't even remember who played or what the score was. Uh, <laughs> that's probably best. Uh, I'm thinking it's uh, I'm I think the Bears are going to win this one for some reason, um, like twenty four to twenty one. Cousins will be out of the game midway through the third quarter. Manuel will be in there slinging four-yard passes when he needs to throw 10-yard passes, uh, throw past the sticks. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. Um, not, I'll be watching, but I won't be, uh, I won't be very, uh, I don't know, invested in, okay. in the game, if you know what I mean. I got you. I got you. It should be interesting. I'm, I'm seeing – Wayne says 13-10 Bears. Um, it, it could be a low-scoring game. It could be literally nah. Zip going out there and telling uh, Spawn of Kubiak, open it up and let's go. Um, good good uh, question about uh, any good coaches out there that can work on a dual-threat uh, quarterback. Well, uh, Brian Dable... Brian Dable is one guy who's uh, turned Josh Allen into a pretty much an NFL super superstar and and a, a dual threat running back. Even though Allen doesn't look like the typical, I don't know if he looks like the typical, but you know, a six foot five guy, he weighs about right. two hundred thirty pounds. You don't, you don't usually you you expect someone to be a little bit more leaf and like rangy mm-hmm. to be the, the runner, like a Lamar Jackson. Kellen Mond is definitely definitely leaf and rangy. Uh, doesn't quite have the Lamar Jackson speeder or a jukeness, but uh, but he's a guy that yeah, uh, his legs are an asset. And when we saw him in preseason, the Vikings never they tried to make him a traditional drop back quarterback, and I don't think that that's really his strength, oh, at least not at this point. Uh, so yeah, new coaching staff like a Brian Debo who's used to working with a who's used to working with a, a mobile guy and likes mobile quarterbacks because uh, there's always been the, the suggestion that Zimmer does not like mobile quarterbacks, hates them actually. I don't know if that's true, but it <laughs> sure looks like that sometimes. Uh, uh, I um, yeah. said here they're going to play out of their minds because it doesn't matter. They're the Vikings. I said earlier in the week, just you watch. This is the ultimate garbage time game. It means nothing. Expect Kirk Cousins to throw for over 400 yards, get at least four touchdowns, and it just to be an offensive fest because it means nothing. It's all about padding the stats and increasing the paycheck. Um, and some guys will look at it that way. Uh, people are asking about Cousins. Cousins' decision will be made by the new, whoever the new guys are um, at Coach and GM. That's not going to happen until then, unless the Wilfs have already decided that they want him traded, and that's part of hiring those new guys. So we don't know. And the I new said, gu- the new guy also might say, "No fucking way, I'm taking this job if you're trading Kirk Cousins, Cousins. and I don't know who's who's coming in." So there is also yeah. that to think about. Yeah, in, like, in which case, I'm like, "Don't hire that guy." <laughs> right. No, as I said on uh, uh, the Daily Sit Rep on Thursday. It, it's a trap question by the Wilfs when they go to hire somebody. What are your plans for Kirk Cousins? There's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. We just don't know which one's right and which one's wrong. One answer is, 
I plan to maximize his trade value and get rid of him and pick the guy I want and we'll build from there. That's one answer. The other answer is I plan on maximizing Kirk's flaws and making him the greatest quarterback ever. That's another answer. One of those two is right and one of those two is wrong and only the Wilfs know the correct answer to that. So, And they're going to find and hire a GM and a coach that conform to whatever their version of the correct answer is. So as a fan, I, I don't want his salary on the books. So nor do I want his mediocrity on the books. Well, I don't think, uh, don't want to get too, I think this is probably a question for next week or, or oh, uh, another show, but uh, I uh, the whole Cousins thing, because that decision is going to be talked about well, it's been talked about all season, all last mm-hmm. season, and will be talked about every week in the off season. But uh, Cousins is not a scrub. No, uh, he's to, a to good quarterback. Mind. I'm not saying he, he's but, not a good quarterback, but he has flaws to his game, to his personality that detract from winning football. I just, I just, uh, and if he when wins, you, when you look at the guy. If he wins, well, yes. He gets back to exactly 500. Yes, and that's the – for me, it's is, – is Cousin a great quarterback or not a great quarterback? Look at his stats, you know, but look at his, his winning record. All I know is that, uh, you know, the Vikings, as you said, the Vikings record here, uh, if they win tomorrow, I think they will be like three games over 500 during his four years here with one playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. If they lose, they'll be two games over 500 with one playoff appearance. You know, it just hasn't worked out here for Cousins for whatever reason, whether he didn't have enough. Uh, you know, the defense got old and regressed just as he got here. If he'd been here earlier, maybe it'd be a different story. Uh, I, I don't think fans care anymore about that. I think they just they see that Cousins is not the solution, is not going to be the solution, and his contract – uh, if he's not going to be one of the top three in the league at the, and he's paid as one of the top three in the league, then your his contract is preventing you from improving the team in other areas to make up for the flaws. The flaws. And, and, so, and so, you know, time to move on and try something different. Exactly. Exactly. With that, everybody, we want you to enjoy tomorrow's game knowing that Changes are coming and they're going to be interesting and we all like new things. And we'll be here to talk about all those various iterations and possibilities of those new things, the new shiny toys at GM and at head coach and how this team will be constructed moving forward. But for tomorrow, it's Beat the Bears. Final words, Derek? I am uh, or lose to the bears. My final my final word is that lose to the bears and get a better draft position. Get a better draft beat the bears. And, yeah. Beat the bears and finish eight and nine and sweep the bears for the first time in three or four seasons. You know, either way, I don't care too much. But I'm just going to be tomorrow. I'm going to be relieved when the season is over because it's been a disappointing, frustrating season for the Vikings and Vikings fans. And for this to be over with and for us to be moving on and looks like we're going to have a new head coach, new coaching staff, new regime, new GM, new everything, fresh start, new year. Uh, I am relieved and it provides, as I said earlier, it provides me at least with some hope that 
change and positive change is going to be coming. And we're not going to get the same old, same old in 2022 with Mike Zimmer or Rick Spillman running, running the show it all back. On, the, on the field and in the front office. So. Re- relief, relief, and hope are the themes for me today and tomorrow. But enjoy the game, enjoy the beverage, enjoy your friends, good food, and as always, Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, Please rate us on your favorite activity. Skull, everybody. Skull.